It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If your income is above certain thresholds leading up to retirement or even in retirement, you may be required to pay a higher amount for your Medicare Parts B and D. So how does this extra charge work? And more importantly, what financial planning work can you do to avoid its impact in your financial life? That and more coming up on this hour of Wise Money. Are you mad yet? I don't like it just almost doesn't seem fair in that you can't use that term, when, especially right. when you're talking about this. Life's not fair and this feels not fair. And anyway, we're going to help you with this and plan through it and avoid as much as possible these potential surcharges. If you have any questions for the program or need any help, gosh, we are here to help you, serve you. You can call or text 574 222 2000. That's 574 222 2000. Online, And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so the transition onto Medicare. Gosh, you you want it to be simple, and it is anything but. It is confusing, and so hopefully you're working with a CFP, and they are doing comprehensive financial planning, working and collaborating with your CPA and with your health insurance expert, and they're coordinating all of this um, because your tax picture impacts what you pay for Medicare, and that might impact your decisions when you should get on Medicare, all that sort of stuff. So Let's let's first just level the playing field. What are we talking about? It's an acronym called IRMA. What is it? How does it work? Well, it's uh, it's a way that the government essentially does means testing for uh, the amount that you will pay for your Medicare Part B or Part D premiums when you get into retirement. And you know, if if you're not to retirement yet and you haven't started educating yourself on this. Let me tell you, there is a whole lineup of people that would love to educate you on this, and you will start getting stuff in the mail as you get closer to age 65. But this is it's something that, for most people, it applies when you get into, re- into retirement. At age 65, you come off of your group health insurance plan, or maybe you've had your own private insurance covering uh, health care for you throughout your working career. But you go on to this government plan, and there's different parts to it. Part A, which is what covers your your hospital coverage, um, it's a no premium cost to most people. Assuming you've just paid it all along, actually, through your Medicare If you've been paying in for at least 10 years, then you qualify to get that coverage just provided to you. But Part B, which covers the doctors and all the medical procedures and things like that, that that coverage costs you something on a monthly basis— uh, most people are going to pay $170 per month, and that's per person, so each spouse is paying that, unless your income goes too high. Yeah. And then the government starts tacking on some... I, I think of them as penalties. I, I don't know how you refer to them, but it's it's essentially like an extra tax or an extra cost uh, that drives... It doesn't improve your coverage. It doesn't change that you're suddenly into a better plan or anything like that. No, Part B is the same for everybody but not everybody pays the same. So that rate is, I'm just going to tell you right now, it will definitely be going up in 2023. That's the 2022 number, the $170.10. If your income is above 
is above $182,000 married filing jointly, then you've got to pay this extra amount, this IRMA amount, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, 91000 if you're if you're single or married filing separate return. But then, so it would go from $170.10, that first tier, if your income, we'll just talk married filing jointly, is between one eighty two and two twenty eight. So not a huge range there. Uh-huh. The cost goes from one seventy up to two hundred and thirty eight. Yeah, that's sixty eight more dollars per month to get the same thing that you would have gotten at one hundred and seventy bucks per month. But here's the thing: you might say, "Well, that's that's not even that big of an increase." Okay, I can I can deal with that, you know. Uh, but if your income is between two twenty eight and two eighty four. <laughs> Then it increases even more, $340 instead of, it basically double. You're paying double, and it continues to ratchet up from there. So here's the thing. This is why, and we've talked about this before. We warned you of Irma, but I was serving some folks recently who sold, as they were getting ready for retirement, they sold a property one year, sold another property the next year, and then there were some other transactions that were going on that just caused their income to be unusually high as they were preparing for retirement. We were well aware of of Irma, mm-hmm. and yet now that it, it's a reality, it is it was very frustrating. Like they, yeah. they were, yeah, they're disappointed, frustrated uh, because also all of this income created a lot of tax. So they're saying, gosh, we're paying all this tax and we're having to pay more from our, our, our Medicare. And why is that? Why is it especially frustrating? Because it's the income from two years ago. Right now they're saying, we don't, we don't have that income. And yet you're forcing us to pay more on our Medicare right now. That's the prior, prior year rule. Josh, can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, most of the time we're looking back one year, what happened in last year's tax return. But on this particular rule, they look back two years. And if your income was over the thresholds at that time, um, then unfortunately you're going to get hit with this penalty for an entire year. And and that was basically the first question these folks asked is, can you verify this? Can you double? This is what they're saying our income was. I don't believe it. Can you verify or send me the tax return and I'll verify? And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, that that's spot on. I mean, to the dollar, that's that's correct. Right. So you just don't think of it because it happened a while ago. There are some times, um, you know, I, I can remember some stories of specific clients where they had an anomaly of some sort in their income. It was a one-time deal uh, maybe they sold a business or sold the family farm or something that caused their income to spike temporarily. It, it really was only going to be one year. And then they were going to drop back down to a normal level well within the uh, the income limits for Medicare Part B and Part D. And there is a way that you can file an appeal. Uh, we've We've gotten some of those to be accepted and sometimes they get rejected and it doesn't seem like there's any method to the madness. I've seen, but. I've essentially seen the same scenario both uh get approved for being being exempt from this and others where they have to pay it for the same scenario you have to try though right yeah yeah it's a significant significant cost especially because some of those events they don't send you just from you know the normal tier up into the second tier it doesn't take a lot of extra income to throw you all the way up right? right especially a big transaction and and then it can be you know hundreds of dollars per month per spouse for the entire year. I do want to throw up. Yes, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, so there are seven qualifying life-changing events. So there is is some method to the madness. 
And and I've seen that as well, where folks the prior prior year had huge income, and they're sitting here today saying, "Look, we're we're on a fixed income. We're, we're, we don't have uh, this ridiculous thing." So I mean, you know, death of a spouse, marriage, divorce, work reduction, work stoppage, loss of income from an income producing property, or uh, reduction of certain kinds of pension income. So there are a number of things, but this this is a this is a stealth. Uh, tax, if you will, yeah, mm-hmm. because it sneaks in, and and we'll probably be getting into that, like some scenarios where uh, folks are going along in retirement and everything is fine, mm-hmm. and then there's a financial decision that happens in a year, and you don't realize it until two years later, where you get the letter and you're like, oh, I have to pay more. Yeah, yeah. Well, to add a little bit of uh, insult to injury here, it's not just your Medicare Part B premiums that that can be affected here. It's also your part D, mm-hmm. which is your prescription drug plan as well. And you, you pay your premiums to the, the drug plan and then you pay an extra penalty to Medicare on top of that if uh, Irma catches you. Wildly frustrating, yeah. uh, we, as we've already shared. And and you can understand this and you can be aware of it, but then when it actually happens, it is terribly frustrating. So here's the thing, how can you avoid it? How can you eliminate it? How can you avoid it? What are some steps? that you can take to plan ahead and avoid Irma. We're going to help you with that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the things that you can do right now that you can you can prepare ahead and avoid or eliminate Irma, this surcharge, this nasty additional amount that you've got to pay for your Medicare Part B and Part D. How can you plan your way around it so you don't, so you're not impacted by it? That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Go check us out. Search the Wise Money Show, subscribe or follow us there and then rate the program we appreciate it. All right, so we're talking about IRMA, the income-related monthly adjustment amount. That's right. From two years prior, if your income's above certain thresholds, then you're going to pay more for your Medicare Part B and Part D, adding insult to injury. How do you plan around it? How can you? What decisions can you make today to help eliminate or limit the impact of IRMA? Before we get to that, what are some common scenarios, guys? We we see collectively. I don't know, a thousand or so people a year. What are some scenarios where you've seen, you know, Irma just just all of a sudden pop up? Well, if someone says, hey, I'm going to do some planning and I, I've got more than enough money that I'm going to use in my lifetime and I want to start getting that money dished out to my heirs. Um, and I just actually just dealt with this situation where they're saying, hey, um, one of my uh, beneficiaries, needs some help and it makes sense that the help makes sense it's not enabling it's not anything um and not that it's we don't judge but you, you look and you say sometimes uh helping can hurt so this this helping is not hurting but in order to do it because these folks are in a position where all of the investment money they have it has never had any taxes paid on it and that's not an unusual situation. Most people, as they work their way through life, the the money that they left invested and the money that they kept their hands off of was the money in their retirement plans. 
So that's the money that grew and grew and grew and grew. And so now you're if you're in your mid 70s, um, that some of that money has been growing for 40 plus years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, they have a lot of money in their retirement plans. That's the money they wanted to access. It there was, you know, in a perfect world, what what you would do is you would split it over two years. Yeah. But the if one of your beneficiaries has a time sensitive thing, whether it's an educational thing or, uh, I, you know, I want to send one of my kids to college or grandkids to college or I want uh, this this beneficiary wants to buy a house and needs a down payment, fill in the blank. Um, these things, they need the money. Mm -hmm. they, they can't they can't say, hey, I'll take half the money now and half the money uh, in, on January 1st. Uh, although that is, there, there's some planning around uh, that scenario that you just described, where mm -hmm. it's it's one of those situations where even in retirement there are times when borrowing some money could help you do some tax planning. You know, sure. get all the cash in your hands so you can do that uh, that task with the money right now, but then you pay it back. Uh, you know, part of it now, part of it after January first, or even the following year, and um, and and then you're just kind of spreading the tax pain out and. I think it's important. That it's it's one of the reasons why before you make a major financial transaction or a, a major commitment in your financial life to be talking to your certified financial planner because there may be some unintended consequences like Irma that we're talking about today mm -hmm. that it's not even on your radar because why would it be on your radar? Yeah. Like a normal person wouldn't, I don't know, wouldn't wouldn't be thinking about this. And uh, but of course, your your certified financial planner needs to be and may have some strategies to help you dodge this or stay under the threshold whenever possible. There are some people out there though that they are they're just blessed. They have been very financially successful. Maybe they've re received some significant inheritance, and it's like structurally their income every single year is going to be up there flirting with Irma anyway. Yep. And then anything that you know, changes it from one year to the next, maybe causes a little bit more income because of your portfolio um, kicking off more dividends, or maybe there there were some capital gains that get pushed through. Things that may be even completely out of your control can have you teetering on the edge or even jumping potentially into a higher higher bracket for Irma. Yeah, it's selling a, a, a property, selling a business, selling Apple stock when you thought it was high or something like that, <laughs> all of that can can land on your return and push it above those thresholds, creating some Irma. So what are some ways that you can limit and plan ahead to avoid Irma? And I would, and I would just add to that one as well, Mike, it, depending on how your investments are structured, there can be capital gains distributions yep. mm -hmm. that you, di you weren't aware of or you weren't planning on that happened either throughout the year or at the end of the year. But it doesn't the, it, it's very interesting how this stuff, it doesn't really register. And then, especially if you're working with someone and they're not bringing it to your attention, hey, understand all the ramifications of this. If we sell this, if we reallocate from, from uh, mutual fund A to mutual fund B, there's going to be a gain here. And so this is going to... Um, and last year, I, I had a client that we were um, doing some tax planning in the fall, trying to get their income. We, we were trying to realize the right amount of gains, and we even uh, were looking at a Roth conversion. But all that creates extra income, and so we went up to within ten grand of the threshold. We wanted a, a healthy amount of buffer there. 
and then the capital gains came in higher than expected, and we got within a couple grand. <laughs> and I was sweating it uh, at tax time, but yeah. uh, thankfully we stayed under the threshold. I'm glad that we we gave ourselves a big enough buffer there. Another scenario that can push you into Irma is your required minimum distribution, where you're going on and and the early part of your retirement, you're drawing what you need to out of your IRA or maybe not anything at all because you've got other resources. And then all of a sudden you reach that magic age 72 and you're required to start pulling some dollars out and that can push you above the threshold. And that's a good segue into how can you start to plan today to avoid or limit having Irma impact you out there in the future. And we're going to hit three ways, uh, a few more than that, actually. But the, the first one is doing Roth conversions either early in retirement or or even during your working career. Mm-hmm. Well, this helps to avoid some of that scenario that Kevin was describing earlier, where if you get out to retirement and your entire nest egg is inside of IRAs or qualified accounts, as we often call them. They're tax shelters that you haven't been paying taxes along the way. When you pull the money out, it's treated as income and and you pay your tax. Well, that extra income can, again, push you into a higher tax bracket, but also a higher IRMA bracket, where you're now paying these higher Medicare premiums, Medicare Part B premiums that we've been talking about here. So how do you avoid that? Well, it's, it's not by under-accumulating for retirement. Well, just don't get a big enough uh, (laughs) nest egg, right? No. Have at least some of your nest egg diversified into Roth accounts where uh, the the Roth IRA, when you pull money out, it does not add to your income. It does not cause this IRMA problem. Mm -hmm. But it's something you have to be planning ahead, right? You You have to be doing these Roth conversions before it's time to be living off that money. And, and that way you can shrink down some of the size of that tax ticking time bomb, as we often call it. One of our favorite strategies, if you've been preparing ahead of time and you're able to retire early, say 62-ish, um, doing Roth conversions at that time. You've got a couple of years where you can do some Roth conversions before it would be the prior, prior year and impact your Irma and Medicare. I mean, it might just be one year, might be a couple of years, but even that alone, if you're if you couple that with delaying Social Security and living off some other resources, you can make your income look really small, convert a decent chunk of your IRA into Roth over a couple of years, and then you're sort of smooth sailing potentially for the rest of the, for maybe even the rest of your life, either limiting your required minimum distribution or giving you more options when it comes time for, hey, we need an extra chunk of money to buy the new car or something like that. You've got options. What are some other ways that you can plan around Irma and eliminate it or limit it in your financial life? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Roth IRA, your Roth 401k, is an instrumental vehicle when it comes to helping to avoid IRMA. So the trick is, how can you get as much money growing in a Roth as possible? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at we are there as well. So how can you limit the impact of IRMA, the income-related monthly adjustment amount, the surcharge on Medicare that if your income is above certain thresholds? Well, one way is just utilizing the Roth. We talked about doing Roth conversions early in retirement or maybe even at opportune times during your working career. Before we go on, Kevin, what's a Roth conversion? How does that work? Yeah, so 
there's there's two ways to get money into a Roth IRA. And when you hear Roth, think after-tax money. So anything that goes into a Roth IRA is after-tax. So I'm either contributing, writing a check out of my checkbook or however you get it in there, uh, and I can do up to 6000 or seven if I'm 50-plus. So I can put 7000 in there. Uh, as a contribution on an annual basis. And again, that's limited based on your income. Um, or I can convert. So I can take money from a traditional IRA. So when you hear us say traditional IRA, think pre-tax money, think money I've never paid any taxes on. So I take my pre-tax money, convert it over to my Roth IRA. And that Roth conversion, when it goes from traditional IRA to Roth IRA, that's a taxable event. So if I moved 50000 from my traditional IRA to my Roth IRA that year, I'm going to get a 1099 and pay taxes on fifty grand. So now that's a way to kind of turbocharge what's in my Roth IRA because if I could only put seven grand a year in, but I converted and put fifty in, now, now I've got more money, and that, that more money is going to be uh, doing the compound interest effect um and so without being taxed all that growth never gets taxed in the future right it's unbelievable and it it does create a huge pool hopefully a big pool of of money for you in retirement that you can tap into whenever you want to without paying any taxes along the way and uh one of the other advantages is that roth ira doesn't carry with it a required minimum distribution the government doesn't care about forcing you to take money out because they're not going to get any tax out of the deal anyway. They do want to force you at age 72 to begin pulling money out of that traditional IRA. And for some people, if you've got significant income and, and other kind of uh, permanently structured income that will always be there, these required minimum distributions might be big enough that it causes you to start jumping into this this IRMA situation where Medicare Part B premiums get very expensive very quickly. Withdrawals from your Roth IRA don't impact Irma, but guys, what if it did? I mean, so really when we're talking about income, these income thresholds, that's modified adjusted gross income. And for most people, it's adjusted gross income. There's not a lot of modifications. But it wouldn't really surprise me, guys, if out there in the future, the government passes a law that says Roth IRA distributions are going to be counted as part of your modified adjusted gross income. And now that's going to play into this right now. That's not the case. Okay. I'm not trying to scare you away from it. I would currently, I would plan based on the laws that we know, not the boogeyman, you know, the, the what ifs, but Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't surprise me. But this, this is the case that, that you want to be playing chess, not checkers. You want to be thinking three moves ahead in the event that you can and you you have resources that need to be planned for because i was just meeting with some folks yesterday and we're looking at their tax projection for this year and we're say, we said hey look you can convert about twenty eight thousand dollars from ira to roth and um <laughs> he said well okay so listen i want to i want to pay as as little taxes as i can and i said okay well just remember you want to pay as little tax as you can over your lifetime not in this current year, because this all of this IRA money it's going to be taxed. Eventually. It's going to go to your children, and they're likely going to still be working, and and they'll only have ten years to take it out. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you look at a million dollar IRA, and you and, and it goes to one beneficiary. That beneficiary has to take out 
a hundred grand a year mm-hmm. to layer on top. Now they don't have to do it specifically that way. They could wait until year ten and then maybe have it's grown to two million and take it out and pay taxes on two million instead of one million. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's interesting. But le- again, leverage Roth IRA, advantage Roth IRA. So Roth conversion is the first way to help manage and and hopefully eliminate Irma out there in the future. The second way is to just be funding that Roth 401k, r- funding that Roth IRA, maybe even funding that HSA and not spending it. Basically building up assets in accounts that will grow tax-free, that grow tax-deferred and be withdrawn tax-free out there in retirement. Right. And and so that's an interesting one because you, if you listen to this, and a lot of times with just a little bit of information, I, at least I find myself tempted to, you know, you know, you watch that infomercial for about three minutes, you're like, I got to call, I got to get, I got to get me one of those. So you're listening, you're like, okay, okay I got to do the Roth 401k. Well, do I have to do the Roth 401k? And this is, again, it needs to be part of your financial plan because some people, it makes sense to fund the Roth, either a Roth IRA or the Roth version in their 401k. Mm-hmm. And some people, they should be doing pre-tax in their 401k. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, wh- which one should I do? And and the the answer is, it depends. That's right. But it, here's the philosophy behind the Roth. You believe that today you could pay a little bit of tax and avoid bigger taxes out in the future. Yeah, right? that's you, it. You no. think that you're in a lower tax bracket today and out there in the future, it would have been more tax pain. So you're trying to pay the tax while you're in the lowest possible tax bracket. Not necessarily so. You have some people that say, I'm in a monstrous tax bracket right now, the worst one possible, and I'll always be there. So I'm going to just put the money in the Roth IRA because that's the only way I can get money into a Roth IRA. Yeah, but I would argue that those people, they're always going to maybe be in the highest tax bracket, but the risk is that the bracket itself gets worse in the future, right? Uh, Because by historical standards, we've got that's fairly low tax rates today, but will it always be that way? And plus, I know, but dude, I've been doing this for 28 years, and everyone keeps saying, hey, the tax brackets are going up, and they could, but they haven't. They've gone down. Now, the interesting thing about the people that are in the top tax bracket, and you say, all right, well, then they should maybe consider doing the Roth. A number of those people that are in the top tax brackets are actually um, – business owners or they have some other uh, source of income that makes their strategy, which we're going to get into, hey, that 401k money, do it all pre-tax, never pay a penny on it. And when you pull it out, let that be the money that you give to the charity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So no one ever pays tax on that money and it goes to the you know, if one of your beneficiaries is a charity, and especially on an annual basis, hey, that's the money that you're going to be giving to the charity. And I have a number of clients where, hey, that's their strategy. Yeah, uh, they they don't want to be building up Roth money; they want to be doing pre-tax because it's going to the charity. Yeah, got that's it. Right. Uh, third scenario or third uh, strategy, let's say, to to avoid or manage Irma. And this one is specific to right now, unfortunately, because of how the markets move. But also, you know, we, we were talking about certain scenarios that could push you into that Irma territory and, you know, selling a business, 
selling a property, selling a, an investment that maybe you've held for a long time or you you received as a gift or inherited, you could have capital gains that all of a sudden land on your return. Josh's example where capital gain distributions landed on the return. Well, you might have, if, if that's the case, you've got assets growing outside of tax shelters. And some of those investments in those accounts may have had a rough year this year. And mm-hmm. there may be an opportunity to do some tax loss harvesting, shift an investment from one thing to something else, and have a loss that offsets some of those gains to keep you below these income thresholds. So work with your CFP, do that proactive planning, see if that makes sense for you. All right, we've got more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and uh, subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications as well because it's a lot more than just the talk show that airs on that channel. We've got lots of content that airs all throughout the work week, helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show subscribe to it there, turn on notifications. And if you like the content, like the content, leave questions as well. All right, we're still un- unpacking Irma and how you can plan around it. We hit you know, doing Roth conversions and then also contributing to Roth 401k, Roth IRA. Basically, try to get as much money growing tax-sheltered, tax-free as possible. Right now, when the market gives you lemons, make some lemonade. If you've got capital gains, or maybe you don't even have capital gains, but you're right on that line, you're on your uh, your just normal income is getting you pretty close to those Irma thresholds. If you've got some investments at a loss, you can rebalance those, create some capital losses. You'll at least get a deduction of three grand that will help reduce your adjusted gross income, modified adjusted gross income. So those are three strategies. What are some other ways to manage the impact or eliminate even the impact of Irma in your financial life? I had one come up uh, just yesterday with a client. I was kind of teaching them the concept of uh, a qualified charitable distribution. And if you've not heard of that before, it's essentially when you've reached age 70 and a half, you're into um, an age where you can now be drawing out of your IRA if you want to and uh, using it for whatever you want. And as we started to understand a little bit of their cash flow, uh, we realize that, well, there are some uh, important charities that they support every single year, one of them being their local church. And uh, essentially what they were doing is uh, this person's over age 72, so they have required minimum distributions. Every year they have to pull money out of the IRA. And uh, last year she was kind of just writing checks to for tithes and offerings at the church. Mm-hmm. You know, every month or every week or whatever, she was dropping money into the offering plate. Well, we explained to her that actually a better way to do that, at least financially, is to not take re- receipt of that money. Don't receive the money out of the IRA and then give it to the church. Instead, send it from the IRA directly to the church as a qualified charitable distribution. And what that means is you don't have to count it as income on your tax return at all. Mm-hmm. And by not counting that chunk of income, that what if that made all the difference from one year to the next of whether your income creeps up past this threshold where uh, Irma starts to apply? And it's a little bit technical because you say, well, wait a minute, I if I'm itemizing, I get to deduct that 
mm-hmm. contribution. That's true, but you get to deduct that after your modified adjusted gross income is calculated. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't help you. You say, hey, I took 10000 out of my IRA, and then I wrote a check to the church, and so therefore my modified adjusted gross income is 10000 less. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, now, if you're able to itemize, you can not pay federal taxes on that money, but you will pay state taxes on that money. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to pay the IRMA. That's like, right. Like, That's I'm glad you're point. bringing that up, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is where the, the – because um, what I always thought, all right, as I get older, I want it to be simple. Like, just make it doggone simple. Because and you're like, well, okay, it's really simple. Guess what? The You can start doing QCDs at 70 and a half. And you say, well, that's when I have to start taking money out of my IRA. It used to be. Yeah. Now it's 72 because 72 makes much more sense than 70 and a half. And they're talking about moving to 75 because we have no idea. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's arbitrary. They have some sort of like wheel of fortune thing that they spin. And they're like, OK, well, here's the age that we're going to do this. Trying to buy votes. And I'm in favor of that one. Give, give people more options. You might be listening to this saying, well, you know, geez, I, I don't really have that choice. Well. Financial planning so much is is being proactive and, and planning ahead so you have more choices out there in, in the future. So qualified charitable distributions, last thing that I'd mentioned, we've talked about this quite a bit, is that money needs to go directly to the charity. It can't go to you from your IRA to you and then from you to the to to the church or to the to, to the charity. It's gotta go directly to them. And also you can't do it from your four oh one K. You can't send money from your 401k to the church and have it be a qualified charitable distribution only from IRAs. And there, are, there, are, there, are, there is some fancy footwork involved with that. Uh, it's so fancy I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> so the, what you want to be careful of, and I, we had some, some folks that were um, sending money to their church, and it's a, a Catholic church, and you're not going to believe this, but there was another Catholic church with the exact same name, in Illinois, that was getting, <laughs> that was getting the money. So wow, wow. so they they made the connection because they got this receipt. It wasn't a ton of money, but they got this receipt from this church in Illinois that said, "Hey, you know, thanks for your 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 gift." And like, what are you talking about? Thanks for the gift. And who are you again? <laughs> wow. So I mean, you know, whether it's it's Holy Family or you know, in and the Protestant side, a lot of those have this. I mean, there's more than one First Baptist Church. Um, so you just need to make sure your that money is getting to the right place. Yeah, got it. All right, what what are some other strategies? Uh, so this one isn't for everyone as well. And speaking of options, you might you know scoff at this one, but delaying your Social Security until seventy. I mean that that means you're not having that income show up on your on your tax return, and therefore your modified adjusted gross income is lower. Now you might say, well, if I'm delaying Social Security until seventy. I've got to get income from somewhere. And so if that just means I'm taking the same amount out of my IRA, so therefore it's a net wash on your tax return, well, then then be aware of that. But if there are other resources, if you have some non-IRA dollars, either cash in the bank or, or investments that could be sold that don't create a lot of tax or something like that, and that allows you to delay your Social Security, great news is, that income won't show up on your return for those years. But the other is you're getting an increase on your Social Security every year that mm-hmm. you delay, every month, really, that you delay. I, I, I want to write a, a book about 
that delaying your Social Security until age 70 is one of the most powerful financial planning strategies that the mass affluent can choose. Because if you say, hey, I'm right on the bubble, I'm kind of prepared, not really prepared for retirement, but I'm, you know, we're going to give it a shot. If you're working at a job that you like, because um, I was meeting with some clients this week, and he's, uh, he's 64, and he says, hey, I'm going to work until I'm 70, then I'm going to turn on Social Security. That financial plan is, it's not quite bomb-proof, but it's almost bulletproof. Yeah. Because the other reason why, because you might say, well, wait a minute, I've given up all those years. Why don't I just turn it on at full retirement age? Or why don't, you know, how do I, how do I work through that decision? And the benefit in this case is there's a, there's a decent, um, if there's a decent age difference, then you say, hey, the higher Social Security amount is going to be received by the beneficiary. Yeah. So you say, even though I didn't get Social Security, because if I took it at age 70, I mean, this is the argument. I take it at 70 and die at 72. That's true, but your much younger beneficiary will get that amount until they die. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that you guys are, are putting this in the context of a retirement plan, though. You know, the, the purpose of a retirement plan is to be thinking about the, the future. Do you have enough money to, to last as long as you need it to? That's the first question that yep. most people have. Do I have enough? But then to take it to the next level, you would say, well, what what is the income picture going to look like year on year throughout the rest of my life? And what you're saying, Mike, is, hey, what if you delayed Social Security for five years, which means your income is lower uh, during that five years? you got to replace the income somewhere. Maybe it's with certain withdrawals out of various accounts and, and things like that. You're living off your assets. But a, a retirement projection looks at those types of details, if you're doing it right. Yeah. right. And to take it one level even higher, then you, you kind of translate that into a tax picture that looks multi-year as well. Mm-hmm. Because each of those years is going to have a different tax uh, consequence to it. And what you want to be looking at is, are, are there certain years out there in the future that maybe I, I'm at risk of jumping into Irma, you know, certain, certain points? Is there something I could do differently? Could I change the nature or the pattern of my income to avoid Irma in all the years? Or maybe the opposite. If, it's, if I'm going to hit Irma, let's hit it bad in one year and then avoid it all the other years or something. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you take that approach. But this multi-year tax projection as part of a multi-year retirement forecast is one of the most powerful tools in your arsenal if you're working with a certified financial planner. And, uh, you know, we, we have a client, actually a, a fan of the show. I, I think he's a fan. He's a listener of the show, at least. Uh, <laughs> Cl- not, not all listeners are fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, no, he, he inherited, uh, you know, some significant IRA dollars, and he's already been building a great nest egg of his own, and he's a business owner, a part, part owner in a business that will eventually get, get cashed out. And so there's a whole bunch of financial transactions that are going to mm-hmm. be happening in the next 10 years. And uh, he has been working with uh, one of the stars here at KFG, Jared Moxness, who's not only a certified financial planner, but a CPA. It makes me jealous every time I say that. Um, but he, he helped build one of these multi-year uh, projections. And we realized, boy, there are some significantly painful years out there in the future if we don't take proactive action and actually start cashing in some of that IRA sooner rather than later that he had, had inherited from uh, parents. 
as geeky as it sounds, that multi-year tax projection is, again, if you, if you're, I would argue, if you're on the cusp of retirement, you've got to look multi-year and project out what your income, I mean, you're, you're deciding at that point, when are you going to draw Social Security? How will you supplement it from your investments? Should you be doing Roth conversions? And you're planning ahead, well, is, impact, is, is Irma going to impact us? But you're also planning ahead to say, well, what tax bracket will we be in and, uh, and, and what adjustments could we make today to, to manage that? So, yeah. And if you're just tuning in, Irma is when you pay extra for your Medicare premiums. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that public service announcement. Um, if you, uh, one other strategy, I'm not sure if you guys have any with our remaining time here, but if you've got investments that are outside of tax shelters and you have a lot of capital gain in them. Qualified charitable distributions from your IRA applies to most people, but if you've got investments that have a very low cost basis, so a lot of gain, you could gift those, you could donate those, you could even gift those to kids if you, if you wanted to. And does that help you avoid IRMA when doing that? No, there's no, there's no deduction, but at some point, someone's going to have to sell that investment and it wouldn't be you. Right. And the folks that have a, 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 an abundance upon, uh, upon, you know, they're going to, they're not going to get to it all in their lifetime. Those folks should only, should not write checks out of their checkbook. Yeah. They should give highly appreciated stock. That's right. That's right. Work with your certified financial planner on that. That's the big idea. Work with your CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning that's working with your CPA or maybe is a CPA that's doing tax planning with you and working with your health insurance expert. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Uh, if you're looking for more content or maybe briefer content, shorter content, good luck or, or uh, good news, not good luck. <laughs> good, <laughs> good We're news. We're incapable of shorter that's right. content. We, that's right. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.